Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. All right. Happy Sunday, everyone. This is episode number 19 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, Robert B. Foster. That is I. So I'm being joined today with Leonard. Say hi to the folks, Leonard. Hello, everyone. All right. We're going to get to Leonard in a moment. So again, if this is your first time joining me on the show, we keep it meat, I call it. M-E-E-T. Motivational. Educational entertaining and if you apply what we teach you today it'll be transformational all right so that's the acronym of meet so today we're going to talk about additional streams of income how to take your business to the next level well, if you're an entrepreneur how to get to becoming a business owner like a true business owner and if you are already a business owner how to take that to the next level and Leonard's going to talk to you about becoming a legend in your industry so we're going to dive right in. So first, who is Leonard? So Leonard, he's down in Florida, Florida, right? Yep, South down Florida. Down there in sunny Florida, I'm jealous. <laughs> and he is a business coach. He's a marketing coach. He's a thought leader. And I love this one, an income stream savant. That's savage. That's a savage, savage title. No, it, <laughs> I love it's, it. It's the income stream savant. That's oh, my bad, my bad, income. my bad. Got to get that V in there. Got to get it in there. Gotta get right? It in like there. I call myself the man. Like man would just sound stupid. So it's got to be the man. <laughs> yes, yes. Got to be specific. All right, sir. All right. So let's dive in. So so how did you start doing what you're doing? Um, It really started at a young age, you know. My mom started me at at about nine years old. She took me to these Russ Whitney seminars at the hotel, sitting yeah. there. I was the designated note taker at nine. I don't know why, but I'm glad she did that because <laughs> it just got me used to being the one to write this stuff down. And then I'd have to go back and explain it to her. Yeah. So I, as, as a young kid, you know, just she put business in my bones and <laughs> like just yes. in me completely. Um, because she wanted me to to grow up and not be confined to just what I see around me. Yes. You know, and so really thankful for her to doing that and really starting me out on my journey as an entrepreneur into a business owner. You know, because uh, the difference is is stark. Yes. But um, but but she started all of that has been extremely, extremely supportive all along the way, um, to the point where sometimes I feel like a little too much. Yeah, because the it's always great to have support and never turn it down. But there comes a point, and and I learned this. Uh, it took a long time for me to learn this that you have to say no to support sometimes because so much support gives you a way out, and then it doesn't push you to really pull out what's in you to succeed. So. That's that's awesome. 
And so many people struggle with that on different levels, even in fitness. The, like we have climbing walls and we have obstacle stuff. And there are times where I tell people, no, 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 don't help her over the wall. Like she needs to learn to get over the wall by herself, he or she. So yeah, in business, you're right. It's exactly the same thing. So in your bio, you said, so you help entrepreneurs become business owners, business owners become legends. So I'm sure there's a process there. So <laughs> take me through the first step of the process. Well, the very first step of the process is understanding what an entrepreneur is. You know, a lot of people, I did it myself. You know, I had this idea that I felt was an incredible idea. I went out, I got business cards. I put CEO on the business card and then I was off to the races and I never even had a customer, yeah. <laughs> you know? And the, the dangerous part about that is because there's a different way to operate when you're an entrepreneur and when you're a CEO. Yes. But amazingly enough, because we've titled ourselves a CEO, even without recognizing it, we start operating as a CEO. Yeah. You know, what a CEO does is operate systems. That's what they do. And what we start doing is trying to put a system in place so that we can then go sell our thing. Yes. You know, that's extremely backwards. That's why many businesses just fail, you know, flat out right out the gate. And when you understand that an entrepreneur is the person that solves the problem and you start there, you can already see how different those roles are. Yes. And so the very first thing is understanding who you are as an entrepreneur and that that entrepreneurial hat that you have has to always be there in arm's reach. Even when you become a CEO, you want to remain a CEO. Yep. You need to be sometimes reach back and get that entrepreneur hat and figure out what problem you're solving so you can continue to serve the people. There it is. I was going to gonna jump in with that part. Like, I know you want to dive into creativity, but that, that part right there is huge. The people that I work with, I asked them that question. So who's your target market? And people always want to say, this works for everyone. <laughs> and right. people don't realize that when you do things that works for everyone, you just become another fish in the sea. Mm -hmm. You know, and like they got to make themselves st stand out. And that's where I believe, you know, your point about creativity comes in. And you can go ahead and talk more about that. Right. You know, all of us are creative. You know, there's a ton of people that feel like they aren't, you know, but think about it for a second. This is something that I always think about, which is we're created by the image. We're created in the image of the greatest creator of all time. God, yep. it's designed in our DNA to be creative, you know, like. Even if you don't believe in God, like, do you have a child? You know, have you co-created a son or a daughter? Like, have you ever told a lie? You know, like, we're all creative. It's just we have to realize that. And then that then begins to allow us to tap into it and increase our, our creativity. Like, like when you're, when you're um, working out with people, like, regardless of the size of that muscle, what does it take to build muscle? Like, they have to exercise that muscle. Yeah. You exercise your creativity and you get better and better. It's just a foregone conclusion. You know, yeah. like we were created so, or we're so creative, <laughs> we create an entire story about why we aren't creative. Yes. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> yep. Right. So I had a therapist on. She was on my second episode. And she had said that from way back when, like back in the caveman days, back when we were hunter-gatherers, we seek out the negative for survival. So if you're walking out there and you hear things in the woods, like, what is that? What is that? You know, you're constantly on the defense. And so now we have all these conveniences, but 
our DNA is still the same. So people naturally seek out the what won't work instead of what can or will work. Right, right. I mean, the same thing with exercise, it goes back to our brain. Like your brain is your greatest ally. Your brain is constantly trying to help you accomplish what you want to do. Yep. The problem is the question you ask is at the center of it all and also the way you trained it. So if you train your brain to, or if you constantly start something and stop, your brain will automatically look for excuses why you should stop the next thing. Yes. Because it's just the way you've trained it. So yeah, it all goes back to the way that we're training our minds, our bodies, you know, it everything responds that way. Yeah, and you, you said the key sentence earlier because that gives them a way out. Yeah. And that's why most people <laughs> stay comfortable instead of getting to where they actually want to be. So like a gentleman two podcasts ago, David had said the person that hits rock bottom is going to be more motivated to succeed than a person who's making 60000 a year and can pay all their bills. Because right. that, that person's comfortable. There's nothing, there's nothing pushing them. So I feel when it comes to making that shift from entrepreneur to business owner, there's got to be something pushing you there. So mm-hmm. what, what do you see in your experience with that? Uh, the most important thing is your why. Like if, if you don't know why you're doing something or if your why isn't strong enough, you haven't dug deep enough to discover the true thing behind your why, the root of it all, yep. then you're, you're always going to quit you know, because you haven't given yourself a reason not to. Yeah. No, the the desire to remain comfortable and that's really what it all boils down to like what you're doing wherever you're at like we say we want to stop or we want something more but what we don't want is the uncomfortability that comes with gaining that thing yes uh, one of my mentors myron golden says that people aren't willing to be bad at something long enough to get good at it yeah and that's really what it boils down to You know, like you have to make your desire to actually do whatever it takes to get that thing, like make a decision, um, look it up Greek. Like it means you cut off everything except what you decided to do. Yeah. Like that's when you now have, that's, that's the guy who's at the rock bottom. Like he doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, as a story, uh, Myron tells about, um, eagles, he's like, what percent of eagles can't fly? None. They all can fly. They get <laughs> yeah. pushed out the nest over and over. <laughs> That's so they get right. That's right. <laughs> right. And and the point he makes is that when we jump out of the nest, or when we feel we've been pushed out of the nest, we grab onto the first branch that actually holds us, yep. and we sit there and stay comfortable, hoping that one day someone will take us to the next spot. Yeah. But everyone else is already soaring and flying, so it's it's up to you to do that. Yes. The irony in all of this is that people will stay committed to things that don't serve you. Like smokers, people know there's nothing good comes from smoking. (laughs) Not one doctor has ever prescribed cigarettes for for stress, for stress and anxiety, but yet people will hold on to it for life. People will hold, people will stay in a bad relationship. That's not going anywhere, but then you present something that's positive and there's resistance. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah, no yeah. sense to me. Yeah. You know, um, like I've heard so many complaints about COVID shutting businesses down and everything. And like, when you really take a step back and look at it, 
COVID opened the doors for like tens of thousands of people to become millionaires. Yeah. Like all of those, I had a friend from New York call me um, maybe like three or four days ago. And she was talking about the Cheesecake Factory is closing now. And they had one of her favorite teeth. I'm like, oh, wow. And immediately my mind said, man, like somebody should really open up a cheesecake business and kind of just take hold of the news that's going on with the Cheesecake Factory. And now their cheesecakes are going to, like, you can't go to the Cheesecake Factory no more. Yeah. Where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, make, make like an homage, a homage to Cheesecake in memory of Cheesecake. And it's because I don't know if you can necessarily say their name yeah. still, but like in the memory of <laughs> that's kind of designated to them. Yeah. If you're a fan of the Cheesecake Factory, you're probably going to want to at least try it out just because yeah. it's in memory of them. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's the time to allow your creativity to first pay attention to yep. where the doors are opening up and stop looking at the ones that are closing. Yes, and a lot of that too, it's from generational brainwashing. Like I say this all the time. Yeah, when you, you, when you and I spoke before off camera, I, I had mentioned that. It's generational brainwashing. Right from a young age, we're taught the, the life cycle. It goes school, college, work, retire, die. Like <laughs> that's, that's the life cycle that everyone's taught. And now what COVID did, yes, it definitely decimated a lot of, a lot of industries, you know, yeah. like events, weddings, you know, f- photography, like so many different re- restaurants are hurting and closing. But the ones that have the foresight and the vision to pivot to say, all right, this is happening. What else can I do? And people don't realize that the answer, one of the answers is right here. Both, everybody has a smartphone. And you can take that smartphone and you can have multiple streams of income with that device. Like it, people already have it and they just need to know how to use it. Right. And they, they have to want to know how to use it. Yes. You know? <laughs> because it, like, what's the first thing most people do when they're trying to figure something out? They go to Google. Yeah. So it's like, like keep that same energy for everything else, you know, because the, the, the only time you fail is when you quit. This is yeah. it. You know, no one ever looks at Jordan and is like, oh, he's not a winner. Yeah. Even though he failed a few times before they started winning. Yeah. He didn't he got he didn't make the 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 team in high school. So it's like there are all these moments where he kept pushing. Like the, the only time that he would have failed is if he would have stopped. Then he's labeled like, okay, I failed. Exactly. But as long as you keep pushing, as long as you keep pressing, like you you never fail. You figure it out. And then they're like, oh, you're an overnight success. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. to, go, to go along with what you said about having your why, I think equally as important, it's your vision. It's like, what do you see? What do you mm-hmm. see? Because like people, again, not to keep picking on smokers, but like smokers <laughs> know that you increase your likelihood of getting cancer. So like mm-hmm. they know they should quit. That's a pretty solid why, because I can get cancer, but yet they keep doing it. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. it, and the ones that quit, I mean, obviously there's millions of people out there who quit. So the handful that I know that quit have said they just, one day they just had, they're like, I'm done. I'm just mm-hmm. done. They made that, they made that decision. Like they didn't quit because anything that you quit, you can restart. So right. they said, I, I, they, they said, I'm done. Like, I don't want that anymore. And I think the same mm-hmm. holds true with casting the vision for what you want. So when I started this podcast, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. You know, little did I know it was super easy to start. But, <laughs> but it now said I'm booked out through March. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, but it's like, 
like I saw what, what I wanted, put the steps in and here we are. And hopefully a year from now, we're like national, international, you know, so. Right, I mean, so, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you're you're one hundred percent correct, right? It's it's the why and the vision, <clears throat> excuse me, because like the vision is the thing that you want, the thing you desire. After you decide exactly what it is that you want, you know, you take some time to figure that out, and then that's the thing that fuels your why. So, yes. <clears throat> excuse me, if my why is strong enough, and then I know where it is that I want to go, now it's just important to not look too far ahead. And I think people want to make the entire bridge right away from where they are to where they want to get. Yes. And it's like, look, just like know the next step to get there. Because if you haven't done step two and you're frustrated trying to figure out step six, it's like, 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 dude, like step six will probably change by the time you get there. (laughs) (laughs) Focus on getting step two done or you'll get step six complete finally. And now when you go back to start, everything else has changed. Yeah. Which then means you got to change everything all over again. So it's mm-hmm. like, just take that next step and always focus on the thing that's going, that's important for you to take that next step towards your goal. So yeah, definitely the vision. Yeah. And it's the same, it's the same thing in fitness. People will say, oh, I still need 20 pounds to go. I'm like, don't worry about the 20 pounds to go. Focus on today, crush today. And then you crush tomorrow. And then you crush the next day. And then next thing you know, those 20 pounds are going to be gone. <laughs> you know yeah. it's like like you just gotta take focus daily action and mm-hmm. that's that's the key to, to making that next step so so now let's say i'm a business owner now how do i become a legend All right the way you become a legend is you become that go-to person in your industry you know like if i'm if i'm like okay i want to work out you know, i haven't worked out seriously in a long time I hear RBF Fitness has got it going on. Let me go hit Robert up. Robert, like, I want to lose, like, 50 pounds. I want to get back to what I was benching in high school. And then we start a program. We start doing things, right? Yep. And now I run into someone a month later, and they're like, hey, did you know that there are these five things that, or these five foods that just blast away fat that most people don't know about? Like, oh, wait. Most people don't know about them. Well, I'm thinking, hey, I'm with Robert. Like, Robert already told me these things. Yeah. So if they tell me five things that you didn't tell me, what happens? Now they've started to steal me away from you. Yeah. And I don't see you as the leader anymore. I don't see you as a person that knows it all. What I think is because you didn't tell me, you don't know. Yeah. And so the way that you become a thought leader is just like we talked about with those steps along the bridge, like one step at a time. You need to think about the journey that you want your your customers to go on, your clients. Like, where's the destination that they want to be at? And when they get there, what's the next destination? Yeah. Uh, there was a motivational speech I heard once. It was like, once you climb, once you get to the top of the mountain, find a bigger mountain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's like that's that's every, there's always going to be this next step because I learned this from Steve Larson. Whenever you whenever you solve a problem you create a problem. It's, it just happens. It's <laughs> yeah. just natural. Like you can't help it. You'll never <laughs> solve every single problem. And it's just because until you get to that point, you're not even conscious that there's a problem there. Right? Like people want to be rich, right? Yeah. They have no idea of the problems that come along with being rich. But once they're rich, now they're like, oh, 
well, now I have to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's how you become a legend in your industry because you're always thinking about that next step. And most companies are only thinking about one. Yeah, They're only thinking about their, their current product and that's it. So we learn how to, how to um, basically look in the future and yeah. see what those next needs are going to be and, and provide them. So now does it depend what industry you're in? Because like, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm trying to, because like I focus more on service-based businesses because they mm-hmm. definitely solve a specific problem. But what if you're someone that sells like, I don't know, you have like a consignment shop. So, all right, here's the thing. When you look at a consignment shop, you think, okay, it's a, a physical address. It, it's a brick and mortar. Yeah. But it's not tied to only being a brick and mortar, you know, for any travel agents out there, I'm going to give you this one, right? Because I I, I own my own (laughs) travel agency. I was actually going to do a course teaching some stuff to some travel agents. I just got busy. So here, this is free for you right now. Right now, in the midst of COVID, you can take over the travel industry from Expedia and all of them. They they, they can't do anything near to the extent that you can right now. As a travel agent, you can also contact these chefs in Italy because a lot of people go to Italy and they want to try the food. They want to go to the market. Just think about the destinations and what those destinations offer. So contact some chefs. Offer to do, ask them to do a live cooking demo. Have a Facebook group. Get people on your list. Start making them pay a membership. Even if it's only 15, 20 bucks a month to be a part of this membership where you're bringing in cooks from all over the world to do cooking demos. Like <laughs> now Expedia can't offer that, right? So you become a travel agency that also has a membership program. Mm. On top of that, the, the why they'll do it is because when these places open back up, what relationship was just created? So now you have a relationship with these chefs so that when you bring people there, they can actually be there live and, and go there for dinner or, or, um, or do a, a live cooking class where now now they're the ones that are part of the the teachers in a sense yeah. teaching new people who are there it's it's so crazy how easy it is you just have to think outside of the box yes you know? yes yeah, so, think of the what can be right and travel agency is a service business but when you look at all the additional things that you can add on instead of someone downloading uh du- duolingo to learn another language Contact someone in the country who's a part of the tourist, um, the tourism board, to actually teach the language. That's a very different experience now. Yeah, and it's it's a part of your membership. So now they're not just learning from an app; they're learning from someone who's actually there. Who, when they take a trip there, they can actually link up with, and now they have a completely different experience because I'm not just in this country, you know, for the first time or whatever, and trying to get by with sign language. Which, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually there with people I know <laughs> who I've been studying this language and now I'm fluent or at least getting getting to a place where I'm fluent and my yeah. experience is better because of it because they appreciate it that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> that, that was awesome yeah I was working with someone that has a restaurant and same thing saying you know because they can only do 50% of the capacity now and, and I was like well this is where you have to talk to your chef and you have to be creative, you know, maybe mm-hmm. have some, some grab and go stuff. Some people are doing curbside, 
I said, start a, start a YouTube channel and teach some of the recipes. Obviously, you, you don't want to give away your best stuff because you want people to come into the restaurant. But, mm-hmm. you know, just there's so many different ways that you can spin around it. Like, it might be out of the scope of what you enjoy doing. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy doing virtual classes, but when everything got shut down and we had to stay, the stay at home orders, I had no choice. You know, like, if I want right. to keep the business going, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, I much prefer being live. Same thing with the speaking, although this podcast stuff is growing on me. But like, <laughs> but like I, I'd much rather be on stage in front of people and get in that personal physical connection. Right, but, right. You know, you have to take you have to take what comes to you. I yeah, see. I mean, even with the restaurant owners, you know, with all the different mail order things, like they can they can start a a a, um, a, a, a custom box where they're sending shipping out meals now. You can order the meal yes. and they ship it out frozen. You know, it, it, it's so many different things. It's just a matter of allowing your creativity to just run wild without limiting it. Yes. And then now, you know, even just telling your story, like what made you create this dish? Like where did this dish come from? Now you have a whole menu of stories to tell, yep. you know, that's making people want to connect and 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 uh, do business with you more. So yep. like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny. Like the program I'm creating is called Speak, Speak About Yourself. You know, say me and my <laughs> me and my acronyms, but speak about yourself, because we have so much inside that the mm-hmm. world needs to hear, and I'm creating an entire program about that, and it can work. It can work wide, like it can work real, really wide. Whether you're like you said, that chef has stories, you have stories, I have stories. The people listening all have stories that mm-hmm. other people need to hear, and right. so as COVID's happening and so many people are panicking and people are just thinking it's gloom and doom. Like if we get locked down, down again, it's gloom and doom. Like, but it doesn't have to be. Right. You know, let's talk about branding. So as part of becoming a legend, you got to have the right branding. So what are some tips, some tips you can give, you know, without emptying the toolbox, you know, just to make people stand out, you know, be the apple in the sea of oranges. You know, um, it's, it's interesting. I, I had this conversation with someone last week, you know, who really wanted to focus on their branding. And honestly, like what people look at is, oh, everyone knows it's Coca-Cola. Everyone knows it's McDonald's. Like, like not because that's what they were focused on, right? What they were focused on is delivering a product that people wanted and, and liked and enjoyed. Like after that, people started recognizing those things. Yeah. Um, I, I learned this, this thing, like, in terms of, of, of uh, repeat, repeated uh, symbols or words or something like that. I, I just briefly heard about it a couple of days ago. And that's kind of where Coca-Cola came from, like that Coca-Cola. Like that's, that part right there is, is why it's easy for people to remember it. Mm-hmm. So like that, out, outside of the extent of that, what I would say to people is let your product speak for itself. Instead of it doing what you say it'll do, like over-deliver with it. And then as you're trying to, to make a name for yourself to be recognized, now bring your audience in to help you with those decisions. Like let them make the slogan, like run a contest where they help you with the slogan, like run a contest where they help you with a new logo. Like mm-hmm. all of that stuff begins to make them feel an attachment to it where now they feel like it's a piece of them as well. So in that, when you approach branding from that perspective, it's not, you're not putting something out there for people to see and recognize you're kind of making a home for people to be like oh i'm a part of that 
or yeah. that I'm a that community is mine, you know. Yeah. And 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 that's what I would say would say about branding. Like let let your product over deliver, and then let your audience and your customers, not necessarily audience, but your customers, be the ones to actually take it down that road because that's what's going to make it memorable to them, and that's the most important thing. So now, what what about people like myself that that's a speaker? So where the brand is me, right? Like the, like there isn't a physical Man. product. That brand is the T-shirt. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's the tank top. You're brand. right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I mean it's it's so funny because you know like I like I was gonna wear a tank top this morning. I was gonna be part of the RBF family. I was like, let me get some push-ups in, so I'm looking right in the tank top and everything. Um, and I, I'll tell you this: this is when I knew I was in trouble. I went running. And I got in the shower right afterwards, and I felt the next day soreness, and I was like, already. Oh, it's not gonna be good. <laughs> but but constantly what I was thinking of is just what we talked about with, with the tank top. Like you have a story of why it's the tank top. And the story is really the thing that's gonna key in on the brand. That's, that's what makes it important to people when I was saying um when they when they have a part of it, because now your brand is part of their story. They they voted for that. You're yep. like, oh man, you see that? Like, oh man, I saw the new Mercedes. It's like, oh, actually, like I voted for the Rams. <laughs> you know, it, it becomes one of those things. It's a conversation starter. Yeah. And so as a speaker, you know, it, it comes down to to more so your delivery. Yeah. You know, like if you have that appearance, like, yeah, you can have the, the appearance. And that's something that's gonna stand out because it's different. It's like, oh, he's in a tank stop and he's still delivering. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter what he's wearing. But then on top of that, the way he's delivering. So like you said, it's levels the thing earlier, it's, it's levels to branding, especially as a speaker, because it's so many different ways yeah. to get out there and be this guy or the tank top guy. You know, when I work, I worked for Frito-Lay, this is the most embarrassing thing that happened. Well, <laughs> one of them, I was in the store and he's, he's like, oh, the tip guy. I was like, all right, well, whatever. Then the guy delivering ice came and he said, oh, ice man. I'm like, why he get the hard name? Like, <laughs> he's Iceman. I'm just the tip guy. Like, yeah, I, I needed to work on my branding. I needed to do better. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know, in, in 2015, 2014, so one of my clients, he was very afraid of heights. And so at the gym I was training at, at the time, we had a big monkey bar tower that had a cargo net at the end of it. So I was having people, the same thing went up 14 feet. So I was having people go up the cargo net and on top of the monkey bar tower and then down the other side. And so he was very afraid of heights. Like, and he, he tried it a couple of times. He got up there, he's sweating and he just froze. Like when I had to go up and like actually guide him back down, like he was having a panic attack. And so, you know, it's my job as a coach is to get people out of their comfort zone. So I said, listen, I'll tell you what. I had 27 races scheduled, obstacle races scheduled for that year. And I said, if you do this, I'm going to give you 30 days. If you do this, I said, I'll wear a tutu in every single race, every single race, thinking it was a good bet that he wasn't going to do it. His fear, his fear was that strong. But on day 28, Bastard did it. <laughs> so oh right, so and i honored my i honored my bet and i even had fun with it too like i ended up getting like like hot pink um uh, spandex pants <laughs> right, i had a peach and peach and uh pink colored rainbow uh socks high knee socks to go with it i had the rainbow colored tutu <laughs> and that whole race season i was known as the tutu man 
you know, because wow. like it's like not only was I looking a hot mess, but I, <laughs> but I was still badass. <laughs> you know? so I'm still crushing the obstacles, crushing the monkey bars, you know, crushing the carries, and so people look at me at first like this guy, what the hell is he wearing? But they're like, whoa, he can he can show out though. <laughs> so in 2015, I'm it. <laughs> yeah. So in 2015, I went back to my normal attire, and everyone's like, hey, where's the tutu? Hey, where's the tutu? <laughs> You know, right. so it's like it's not business, but that's still you know the power of branding. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and and then also you, you, he had his why and his vision. He wanted to see him the tutu, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was the the why was stronger than the fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. All right. So marketing. Do you have any best practices for marketing? Because obviously, I know marketing and branding go go hand in hand but they definitely are separate right right yeah you know um and i'm glad you pointed that out a lot of people take them as one and the same and they're they're really very far apart you know branding branding is is the way people view you Uh, that's on them that's on their shoulders yeah so that's one of the reasons why i say don't necessarily try to force it you know let it come naturally as you just make sure you deliver something that makes people proud yes when it comes to marketing, just understanding, you know, um, that you're not your customer, right? You didn't, <laughs> you're not buying it. So yeah. you know, I, I had a conversation with my best friend when I was, this is a while ago, I was thinking of, of something to do. And I called him, I was like, oh man, like I'm calling because I really want to know what you think about this thing. And it's blah, blah, blah. So what do you think? And it really doesn't matter what you think. Like literally, that's how I came up. <laughs> just like that. And I was like, oh man, like I don't mean it like that. I was just thinking, but like when I'm thinking of this thing, like, you're not the customer for it. And one of the things we love to do is go, hey, friend, family member, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, and then we take what they say as like, like rule, the rule. And customers so like what they think about it doesn't matter Not, nothing against them but yeah. definitely against their um their thought process behind you making sales yes. you know so understanding that you really want to look at um studying your customer you know i'll give you one of the the things that i teach to do is is um well this is actually a recent adjustment i made i used to do something similar but this is like step two so step one ask them that's that's the best thing to do. find out where they are and just ask them um, their number one challenge, number one, whatever, whatever is built around what it is you do. But ask them, you want to say number one so that you don't get like a million things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. the number one thing, you know, take that, start categorizing it and then go back and ask and or not ask, but do like a market research survey where you're asking people um, like, like what what have they tried before? You know, what are their fears? You know, what looks like heaven to them? You know, different things are kind of really what you want to gauge is is the things they've tried that they feel hasn't worked before, because then you can actually look at what it is that that thing did, <clears throat> and use that information to now reach out to other people who've tried it before. Yeah, you're asking what are their fears, because by knowing what their fears are, you know, like. And again, market research, I didn't say this, market research is really for you to gather information for your messaging. So yeah. this is why you're doing it. So um, now that you know that, <laughs> going back to the fears, like when you're using your messaging and, and you're writing out 
um, with your copy, like of uh, how to avoid these fears or you're explaining what that fear feels like. Because more so than actually having a solution to a problem, people think you're the expert if you can explain their problem the way that they feel it. Yes. So you'll stand out more than the person saying, hey, I have the solution for headaches right here. And you're saying, man, I understand that when you have a migraine headache and you see bright lights or you're driving on the road at night and it seems like someone is just like angry at you because all you see is their lights in your mirror. <laughs> like you're explaining what they're going through <laughs> yes. before you talk about the solution. They're going to pay more attention to you because they feel like you understand them. Yep. So as you're going through the market research, you're finding out their, their, what their fears are. Um, you're finding out their pains. You're finding out their dreams. So you can talk about where your product or service is going to take them. Yes. You know? um, so yeah, you, you, now the key is it's not to sell them. <laughs> yeah. So you always want to make sure that you're up front with that in the beginning so that you, it's a comfortable interaction. They're not yep. feeling like you're trying to sell them. They're just being open with you and sharing these things, knowing that at the end of it, you're not going to be like, all right, for $9.99, you can get this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and, and be genuine about it. Like I, I would say almost as important as your why is you caring about people and being yes. genuine. Yes. To, to that point too, though, that's actually how I teach sales. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not selling the product. I'm selling the solution to your problem. Exactly. Right. You know? So, so like I would, I would go through all that and be like, all right, listen. So if you want to fix that, this mm -hmm. is what I can do for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, that's, that's not, that's not selling. That's like, all right, you just told me all of these things you're struggling with. Right, right. Like, I have a solution that can help ease that struggle. <laughs> so, so there's actually, so what, what, so the way that I do mine, right? Usually, I, so usually in the very beginning, what I ask, I ask a question that makes them comfortable yeah. and makes them smile. Yep. So, like, um, I did one recently with authors. And so, my very first question was, why did you become an author? Like, how, how did you start writing? And all of them immediately they smile, <laughs> and because and and as we went through it, like all of them asked me to follow up with them when I was done with it, yeah, because they wanted to buy it, and that's the greatest feeling nice. when you're not even trying to say like you're not like literally this is what happened. So one of them they didn't, they weren't just interested in me um, reaching back. They were like, no, I want to start now, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I was being honest when I said I wasn't trying to sell you, like I. I need to build the 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 web the, like the funnel so you can actually go pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I, it's not ready. Yet. Yeah. So that that was great because literally I had to go and and and, and build it really quick just so they could pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Right. <laughs> so here's my thoughts on branding. So who's been the number one basketball player for like the last decade? Uh, LeBron. LeBron James, right? He's the current, current king. He sold $34 million in shoes and apparel last year. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan has been out of the league for two decades. And he <laughs> sold $136 million. Right. That's insane. That, <laughs> that branding is intense. And yeah. I like I'll be out and about and I'll see kids wearing Jordan gear. I was like, do you know who that is? They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they know that's what you wear. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you and it's like, you know, for people that try to make the uh, the GOAT debate, you know, between Jordan and, and LeBron, it's mm-hmm. like, you can you can make the Lifetime Achievement Award for LeBron. Like, he's, <laughs> he's battling Kareem for that. But as mm-hmm. far as pure greatness, I mean, dude, you can't outsell currently a dude who retired two decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you how strong the Jordan brand is. Right. Well, so if you want to take it a step further, yeah. Jordan was never marketing himself. Yeah. LeBron is always marketing himself. Yeah. So that makes it even worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're right. He's constantly campaigning for himself. <laughs> constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I never even uh, really paid attention to that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are hard facts. I'm like, that's insane to me. hundred million dollars more. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But that that's proof of the power of branding. So, all right. So let's talk about the income stream savant. Yes. <laughs> all right. So what, what exactly does that title mean? And what are the best ways for people to, to have multiple streams of income? Um, the absolute best, best way, like the best way hands down is really simple. Um, you find one problem, (laughs) you solve that one problem for one group of people for one year (laughs) and that's it. Yeah. Very simple. Because what happens is for a year, you're continuously talking. So let me be a little more specific, you know, um, actually we can talk about myself. So the reason that I did this market research with authors is because, um, I, when I started my program, you know, I was future and I was thinking ahead, okay, what are the problems that I'm going to have or that people are going to feel are become associated with this program. And so <clears throat> one of them is, oh, I don't know if this will work for my business. That's usually across the board. A lot of people yeah. think that yep. for everything. <laughs> yeah. My and industry so, is different. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, in order to combat that, what I'll do is work with someone from every industry every couple of months so that I can use their, their testimony as a case study so that if someone over here says, okay, I don't think this will work for me. I'm an author. I can say, well, I got this author five figures in less than six weeks. Yep. <laughs> and so exactly. that was the purpose behind it. So yep. um, the reason, the way that I came upon that and and I'll be upfront and honest. Like I didn't want to do it because I I was really in love with my messaging, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it, it it fits when I say business owners, right? <clears throat> so I was like, I'll narrow it down. Maybe I'll say five figure business owners. You know, <laughs> I help six. I I help I help business owners with six figure businesses that are trapped inside of a five figure prison. You know, like along those lines, and so. I realized this early on because I'm a marketer. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're, you're not speaking to one people, one one group of people. You're speaking to everyone. I'm like, but I like my messaging, <laughs> and so yeah. I just kept going, and then I just pushed <laughs> myself. I said, okay, I'm going to take a step back and narrow it down. And so when you do that, it allows you to become a champion for a group of people. And when you become a champion for a group of people, like you don't have to worry about sales. Yeah. It's like you're Jordan to them. Yeah, true. So that hundred million increase over the next person is going to be there automatically because they've seen you constantly over and over again. Your yeah. messaging has always stayed the same. It's never wavered. 
it's never made them upset because it's always geared towards um, understanding their pain points and getting them to the destination that they want to be at. Yeah. So your consistency is incredible to them. Yep. And now once you do that and you start, like we said before, looking at the, the next problems that are going to come, like you can't help but now have multiple streams of income just from that one problem that you're solving. Yep. That's focused on one group of people for one year. You know, it, it, yep. it just, it makes itself because you see the results, you see yep. their next problems and you just address them. See, and, you know, to piggyback off of that, you know, the, the person I was working with the other day, like he, he trains basketball athletes also. And mm-hmm. I said, so now what things do you need to be good at basketball? You need to be fast. You need to be, you need to dribble, pass, shooting, you know, defense, lateral movement. So jumping, there's so many different phases to it. I said, mm-hmm. and I just gave you, you know, headings, titles for eight online products. you you can do a training series to become a better rebounder training series to become a better shooter Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean it's like if you just give somebody a one-hour session and you cover everything like you just you just destroyed your earning potential like you say all right we're going to do a six-week program on rebounding now we're going to do a six-week program on jump shots Mm -hmm. six-week program on on free throw shooting you know so within that same scope you just break it down into different different streams like in fitness there's, there's people that don't sell supplements. They're like, oh, I, I don't believe in supplements. Okay, it's not about you. Right. Do your are your clients <laughs> are your clients coming in with shaker cups? Are they coming in with protein bars? Are they coming in with with shakes? Because you might not believe in it, but they're getting it from somewhere else. Right. <laughs> so you may as well. They already know you, like you, trust you, and pay you. You know, for, <laughs> for your gym service. So right. give them that opportunity to get those from you as well. Like, like apparel, a lot of people sell t-shirts. I have t-shirts, sweatpants, socks, headbands, win- winter hats, uh, three-quarter zip, pullover, zip-up uh, sweatshirt. I have, oh, I don't have them on today, but I have wristbands, like, right down the list. Like, there's so many different things. And a lot of places, they just sell t-shirts. And right. it's like, again, you know, look at what they're coming in with. Are they coming in with shirts that say beast mode? Get get a logo shirt that says beast mode on the back. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right? It's like, let them rep you. <laughs> or, or actually, you know, um, RBF beast mode, which is different than regular beast mode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Get the RBF right. logo with beast mode uh-huh. on the back. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because, it, because regular beast mode, you'll win a race. RBF be smoke, you'll win a race in a tutu. And just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. So how how does one go about becoming a thought leader? Like what does that mean to you? Um so I think the very first thing you have to do is just overcome your fear of imposter syndrome. I think that's what stops a lot of people from becoming thought leaders, you know. Um, just just uh, define that just for the people that don't know what that means. So imposter syndrome is kind of like earlier when I said um, I got this from Myron Golden on yeah. another time I said I got this from Steve Larson. So there was a point in time where I wasn't coaching people because I didn't want to say it and not give credit. Yeah. And so instead of... Um, saying it and not giving credit, I just didn't say it. So I didn't coach at all. 
And this yeah. happened for maybe like three or four months. Um, because like I said, I, I felt like if I, if I said their name, then they wouldn't listen to me. They would just go find them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, it's very interesting because one of them, Myron Golden, I believe if I remember correctly, he, he said this, uh, it was something that he got from a book, but it's possible that he said it. he's full of, full of this incredible stuff. But he said, whenever you hear something, don't take notes on what you hear. Like take notes on what the what you thought about from what you heard. And when I started doing that, I started really expanding upon my own material because I wasn't taking notes just based, okay, they said XYZ and I'm writing XYZ. By me writing my thoughts down, a lot of times my thoughts weren't even necessarily on their same subject matter. Yeah. So I have this whole avenue of information that can only be gotten from me. <laughs> <laughs> and once I made that realization, you know, um, it, it allowed me to fully break away from imposter syndrome. And now I drop names like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, That's oh, true. this person said me this, this person said that. Because yeah. I'm not in competition with them. And, and to be honest, they have great information. And at the end of the day, I just want people to do better because yeah. the ability is in them. So it's like, yeah, go check it out. Go, go. Have you heard of Eric Thomas? Eric Thomas, yeah. Eric speaker. Thomas is another guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, great. So I'm in one of his, his speaker groups. And at one of the, the live meetings down in Atlanta, he said to us, he's like, it's time for some of y'all to stop watching my videos. He's like, just stop <laughs> watching my videos and start making your own. Mm-hmm. He's like, because as long as you keep watching me, you're not going to move full forward in your own business. He's like, you know what you got to do. He's like, stop right. wor- stop worrying about me and my grind. He's like, you got to get on your grind. Mm-hmm. Speaking of grind, as an exercise, go back, listen to past episodes of Set Up and Grind. Yeah. And take notes on what you're hearing the people he's bringing in say. It's, yeah. I, it's, it's not hard, but just just start and you'll see once you start you'll be like well, I should have been there you know what's funny is I go back and I listen to every video like right when I'm done with you I'm going to go back to the beginning and I, and I re-listen to it because sometimes subconsciously we we just say things without really catching it uh-huh. so like sometimes I'll be listening back I was like oh that was good and I have to jot it down <laughs> right it's like, right. that's a golden nugget right there. <laughs> so, Look, man. And I use that for more content. <laughs> right. One, one of the most important things you can do um, is always listen and write and take notes. Because when you, when you take handwritten notes, you're freeing your mind up to grasp other things, which is why sometimes you'll listen to something, you'll go back and listen to it, and you'll hear something that you didn't hear the first yeah. time. It's because your, your mind was overloaded, basically. So it, yep. like it went in, but it went right out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so but the true. more notes you take as you go back and back and back, like, man, I've listened to some people like eight, nine, ten times, and I'm still getting new things Yeah, because it, it, there's so much in there. And yep. again, when you're taking notes on what, what you heard made you think about, uh, like you, you have a dictionary of information <laughs> by, mm-hmm. by the end of the month. <laughs> so true. So true. So what what can you say directly to someone listening that has imposter syndrome? How can you help them just go all in? You know, first, understand that you're unique. You know, um, this is a nugget. This is a nugget, right? 
Robert said that he has say coming, right? Say, that's the acronym, right? S-A-Y. Yep. Yep. Pick it up. <laughs> this is my first time hearing about it, so I'm not, he's not paying me to say anything. This is my first time hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> but everything reverts back to your story. I'm not the only person that sat in some meetings at nine years old. Like other people were in that meeting, you know? The way that it, it affected me is different than the way it affected other people there. Some people, it didn't work for them. Some people, it worked for them. So it all goes back to your story. So when, whenever you receive new information, which is why I say pick up say, so that you, you understand how to communicate it. Because if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, you just don't know how to tell your story the right way yet in an effective way. Because if it's not effective enough to you to feel free enough to share it, then it's not going to be an effect. It's not going to be effective enough to, for anyone else to actually receive everything in there. But that doesn't mean there's nothing in there. Yeah. You just have to learn how to begin to highlight the things that are there for people to grasp and then grow from. See, so first thing is grab okay. say. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah. the irony is when people say that they can't talk about themselves, it's like, but you can talk about a movie. You know, you see a movie, you can talk about that Netflix special that you saw. You can right. talk about something that made you mad. You can talk about someone that hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. but you can't unpackage your own story. And, and that's where all of your power is. You know, telling right. people about a movie isn't going to make you any money unless you're a, a movie reviewer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just complaining about something, you know, someone that hurt you isn't, isn't going to do anything for you. It's not going to become an income stream for you. But if you in turn start a podcast to talk to other people who went through the hurt that you went through, you can now put an impact on the world. You can get sponsorships right. for your podcast. You can get offers to be on other people's shows and get on TV segments. And it's, it's, all, it's all a mindset shift. So it's like right. you can take that pain and use it to push you and your family forward. So like that's what the basis of the program I'm creating is going to do to help people take what you already know. Like, again, I did it with, with you when we were talking off camera yeah. with your surgery story. It's like that, mm -hmm. that story's power. You know, you <laughs> dial, dial that story in and you can do a lot with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a tough time. Yeah, so what, what Robert's referring to is um, a few weeks back when we first spoke and he literally, he literally took my story as I explained it to him and within a matter of like two minutes made it a, a shorter, more concise story that got to the point but still had the emotion in it in a way that just made you be like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know so um yeah like it, it, it's it's incredible once you realize how powerful stories are because stories stories are where it's at yeah. at this moment like the because as as people don't just believe things anymore yeah. you know which is why it's it's so lost on me how these old outdated way of doing things is what people are are pushing and and it's like it's like this was all pre-internet like there's no way you can think that it works the same after the internet. <laughs> there's, there's too many things have changed. Too many avenues have opened up. So yeah. when you're not including the internet in what you're teaching here, I can't listen to you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's you're, you're cheating me at that point. <laughs> yes, between my business page and this podcast, I said and this is only episode number 19, and I'm being heard in 16 different countries. <laughs> it's like it's, it's insane and why is that the power of the internet exactly right you know, so if you can get comfortable telling your story taking your experiences 
realizing how you can relate it to other people, then you can go worldwide with your message. And everyone has a message. Yep. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, do, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO, doesn't matter if you're a millionaire, doesn't matter if you're a high school dropout, doesn't matter if you've been in and out of jail. And mm-hmm. anybody has a story that can inspire other people. Everyone right. does. And in doing that, it's going to make you a better communicator. It's going to make you a better salesperson. It's going to probably make you a better spouse or significant other. It's going to make you a better parent because <laughs> you'll know how to take your life experiences and connect them with the children, you know, so they can instead, instead of like, just go clean up your room, you know, like you can communicate it in a better way that you're teaching them something instead of just making them do a chore. Right, right. Yeah, because so. the, the thought of the chore, like really quick story. Yep. For the longest, I hated doing dishes. Like literally, that that was part of my pickup line way back when I was young. <laughs> when I was like, when I, when I was in high school, <laughs> or, or just getting out of high school, it was like, look, I'll do everything in the house as long as you do the dishes. <laughs> and <laughs> and then what happened is, I stopped. It was what it really boiled down to is I thought dishes took forever. But it's because I would take forever to do them. <laughs> I go through the whole process of man, it's gonna take forever, and then yeah. I don't really want to do this right now. But then when I would just do it, they'd be done like that. Mm. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's this this it's the story you tell yourself about your story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. All right. So we only got a few few minutes left. So how do people get in touch with you? Um, so they can reach out to me at theleagueoflegacies.com. Yes, I actually have a gift for anyone. Um, it's a session that I do. It's called Profits Unleashed. Uh, what we do is I really just, we go, we dive into your business, find out the areas where you have profits leaking, basically. Uh, we shore those up and we make a plan there on the spot. It's a 55-minute call. And we um, build out where where you should the best direction you should go in to increase your revenue and your profits. Because if you just increase your revenue, that's that's bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if your profits aren't rising with your revenue, like no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So, yeah, you can go to thelegallegacies.com/rbf to receive uh, to uh, go ahead and schedule that on my calendar. Slash rbf. All right, I got that done. I'll put that down in the chat as well. All right, so good stuff. Any up? Uh, any part parting words? Um, parting words. Take action. You know, I mentioned earlier. You know, and I didn't say this earlier, but I want to make sure I say it now. Like, definitely feel for all the families uh, that have suffered from COVID. Um, yes. I don't want it to seem like I like I'm. I don't. Um, but I am saying that this this disease, this outbreak has opened a lot of doors for people. Yeah. And all you have to do is, is start walking towards that path. You've got 18 episodes to listen to of information um, from Robert. Yeah, he's, he's thorough. <laughs> <laughs> I know that from the short time I've known. I know he's thorough. So he's definitely hooked things up for you. Um, he's got some things coming. Like I said, definitely jump on Say. Uh, I'll tell you right now, if you take say seriously and it's the way that I think that he's designing it to be that in and of itself will add six figures to your business. Yeah. If you haven't started a business, it will allow you to create a business that gets in that six figure range a lot faster than what they say. So what, two to three years become profitable. 
Whatever, man. They can leave me alone with that. But definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely want to uh, take advantage of those things that are right in front of you instead of trying to go out and like, this is right in front of you. Robert is right in front. You're listening to him anyway. <laughs> so just put in the action what you're hearing is being said. That's all. Take action. <laughs> I'm so glad glad I have that recorded. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Shut up and, and take action. <laughs> shut up and take action. I love it. It's gonna be my 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 next book. <laughs> All right. So again, to get in touch with Leonard, leagueoflegacies.com slash RBF Fitness. Hope you guys got some solid takeaways. If you joined in late, definitely go back to the beginning and just take notes. Take notes and as he just said, take action. If you want to change your life, you gotta shut up and grind. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster. On Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind. <laughs>